Hey listeners, your favourite podcast is back. This week on the Fantasy Football Hangover, we are looking at sport on screen, looking at the dream team. We've got a live TCT and we're talking Spurs, their thorny rose and which player is the nicest guy around. Ooh, yeah. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Hangover, listeners. Uh, we are on episode four of the third season, and I'm joined by Mr. William Nichols. Hello, Will. Hey, Rich. How are you this week? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm less stressed than I was last week, even though I had a terrible game week. Uh, sometimes I can just level you out, Will, and set, set you fresh impetus. Yeah. And also, uh, my sometime brother, father, and son, Mr. Robert Clark, is here too. How are you, Robert? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. Look at this sky. Can you see that? Oh, beautiful. Oh, that, for the listeners' benefit, that is a beautiful, picturesque Surrey blue sky. Yeah. Cumulonimbus clouds, I think. Is there a little bit of a point on those? Yeah. Yeah, they're looking pretty, aren't they? Yeah, no, we're doing good. Feeling all right. You know, same as Will. Everyone everyone had an average game week, didn't they? Yeah, it was distinctly average for most. I think it's the game week everyone wants to forget. And normally, actually, game week three quite like game week three because you have a sense of like who's going to be doing well and what players are establishing themselves what the relegated teams are no idea this this year yet (laughs) yeah not the case not the case I am I managed to by uh the end of play Sunday uh bearing in mind I'd taken a 12 point hit I was on nine points so I was basically (laughs) on minus effectively on minus three thankfully my uh villa I had a villa back to obviously two clean sheets there and then Salah and Alexander Arnold came through with a couple of assists to uh, guide me but um, I finished on 40 points so um, well pretty bad football football could basically be putting us out of a podcast job couldn't it because it's just becoming impossible to predict yeah Leicester Man City West Brom being 3-0 up at half time against Chelsea (laughs) there was a lot of crazy things going on but, you know, we're here to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing our best. We're wading through it. Um, I had three players who each returned zero uh, this weekend, which is the first time that's ever happened for me, uh, which was horrible. Uh, Vinegary, Bellerin and Jimenez. Yeah, write yeah. it off, eh? Yeah, a lot, a lot of people uh, played wild cards as well, I think, didn't they? A million wild cards were played. A million love songs. Later. Yeah, it's a, it's a Gary Barlow lyric. Yeah, yeah, a million wild cards or later, and and a lot of those players that people bought in didn't do so well. But with you know, Son, Jimenez, Zaha, you know, there was a lot of them, wasn't there? There certainly was. But let's not dwell. Let's not dwell on game week yeah. three. Let's let's look at game week four and and get straight into six and sixty onwards and upwards, boys. I'll kick us off with sexy Raul Jimenez. 
Fulham look quite frankly terrible defensively and Wolves will be itching to avenge their 4-0 drubbing at the hands of West Ham. And next up, Alexander Lacazette. I know he's not that great, but he's just quietly going about his business, scoring for fun. Mostly rubbish goals, but who cares? Three sevens in a row and a fixture against struggling blades. Let's go, Roberts. Okay, so I've gone for Matias Pereira at West Brom. He's 6 million, 3% owned, creative outlet for West Brom. And they are playing Southampton, Burnley, Brighton, Fulham next. And then Adama Traore. He's not done it yet, but I think Fulham next. He's going to get start scoring points. Then they've got Leeds, Newcastle and Palace. Go, Rich. I've got Daniel Ings. He's still under 20% owned, which is good. And he's banged in three goals in three games. West Brom at home next. Plum fixture. And then James Madison back against City with a goal. Uh, Leicester look really sharp. Um, he's got West Ham at home, uh, which is a great fixture. And then Villa. That's it for me. Very good, or, or chimpanzee noise as it now is. I lost, oh, yeah. I lost the honk. Uh, oh really? On the editing software, the honk disappeared, oh. so I found a chimpanzee noise instead. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And uh, listeners, do get in touch. Tell us what you think of Will's chimpanzee. He's got it in a cage under his desk at the moment, so he just pokes it at the appropriate moment. <laughs> he's very, he's very cute. Um, but he's starting to get a bit older now and starts humping things. There's quite a lot of humping going on. You can trade him in for a younger chimp. I did warn you that it would do that. But... Yeah, I know, I know. So so I tipped Lacazette, which before before we started recording, um, Rich was just saying how rubbish he is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And I know he is, but he's scored in every game. He uh, has. Hasn't he? Yeah, and he's got seven points in each game. And yeah. 5.3% ownership, and he's way cheaper than other... How much is he? He's like eight or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, watch the game. So, it's, so we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, um, following Liverpool-Arsenal last night. And, you know, Rich, as an Arsenal fan, he did get in some good positions, didn't he, as much as he frustrates. What do you think of him? You will have studied him thoroughly. Well, I, I, I feel like he's been on the wane for about a season, probably. Um and his confidence seems down. The way he's sort of striking the ball is not... I, yeah, I, I personally just don't understand why he's still in the team. I'd just play a Bamiyang through the middle and then give Pepe a run of games, even though he looked pretty poor when he came on. Um, but you like you say, well, he's got three guys in three games, which can't really argue with that. And he looks... The manager looks like he's keeping faith with him. Um, the alternative, if he keeps a Bamiyang out wide, is Nketiah, who... Is still pretty raw and not quite ready at this level, I don't think. So it could be a good shout. Yeah, he's 8.5 million, I should say, not eight. But I don't know. I, I guess I'm going on. I'm going on the goals rather than the um, the level of stand the standard. But um, if I was doing that, then I probably should sign Patrick Bamford. But I'm not going to. <laughs> no, no, none of us are going to do that. I mean, he continues to um, throw egg in our faces, doesn't he, Mr. Bamford? He must be listening. He must. Well, we know he listens to the show because he sends yeah. us notes in. But yeah, he, it must be inspiring him. Um, yeah, bringing him confidence. Uh, yeah. Take us uh, on, basically. Apparently, he stays on at the training ground every night and practices his running. He's so fast. <laughs> He yeah. is really fast. I mean, you've got to give him that. Yeah, he is very fast. Speaking of which, what do you think of Adama Traore? Yeah, well, I, I like him. He's, I, he, he's not done anything this season, though, has he? No, two points for three games. Every, every Sorry, six points in total. But yeah, two points each game. Yeah, Wolves, Wolves are a funny one because I always fancy them to do really well. And the Fulham game will probably be the one where it turns around. But they have, they've signed quite a lot of players and obviously let a few go. And they've been quite settled 
last two seasons comparatively, and it just yeah. feels feel a little disjointed at the moment. Um, but Traore, he's just, I don't know, I hate owning him because whenever I own him, he delivers blanks. And when, as soon as yeah. I smell him, he just has those explosive three-game periods where he'll he's just unplayable. So he's one of those tips. You could tip him every week and then you'd probably get 12 weeks of the season be right and 26. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just hope, yeah, I've got him in my team as well, but I just hope Fulham's the one where he sort of proves himself a little bit because he's getting into good positions and creating a lot of chances. But yeah, I don't know. And, and Pereira, West Brom, did you see him against Chelsea at all? I don't know if you saw any of that. Yeah, he looks decent. I mean, I he was the only one from the West Brom uh, team that I tipped, if you remember yeah. the season. Um, I looked at him and yeah, he was kind of the only one that really stood out. And he looks decent. I've, there's a few... He's a you know good sub to have on your bench. Definitely, I wouldn't necessarily guaranteed starter. And yeah, I mean, obviously they've conceded the most amount of goals at the start of the season, but you know they're scoring three. You know, hopefully lifts them a little bit. And they've got Southampton, Burnley, Brighton, Fulham next. So he might not be a bad option for six million. Yeah, yeah. one lovely bit of skill, didn't he? Did you see it where the ball sort of came over him and he played it off the back of his heel? It was, yeah. yeah, a little volley path, a pass in someone's path which was really a nice little bit of skill. Yeah, I've gone with Ings and Madison. I think Madison, I debated him or Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes has been playing really well, but not really converting his chances. But, I mean, Madison, that goal was beautiful as well. Yeah, fantastic. Great to see him back uh, in the team. I know he came on as a sub, but, um, yeah, hopefully he'll get some more game time and uh, some more goals. Villa looked really good, I have to say, yesterday. I didn't actually yeah. see that game. Who did you, you pick from it? Was it uh, Emmy Martinez? Well, yeah, Martinez. Martinez looks solid. Uh, as as per before, uh, Cash doing good stuff for me. You know, another yeah. clean sheet. Um, and he put some good balls in. Like he can really, really cross a ball. Um, and then Grealish at good. I mean, they they just look a little bit a little bit stronger. Um, yeah, McGinn's back and playing again, isn't he? And he was great at the start of last season. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're one to watch, definitely. Could, they could be benefiting from having that season in the Prem. Yeah. And then I've odds on City to thrash Leeds, I think. I yeah. Think Leeds have back. been riding their luck and City bounce back. I think they'll just they'll just do what they always do and uh, and, and come good. KDB uh, captain for you then, Will? Yeah, I, I, I think KDB captain at the moment. That's what I'm leaning towards. But I could be persuaded with Jimenez. See how I feel on the day. If I went a bit wild, um, you know, normally I'd go I, a premium, you know, a, a, a Salah or a KDB captain. But uh, it's always worth taking a risk every so often. Um, and then transfer-wise, I've got to bring in uh, DCL. Dominic Calvert-Lewin needs to come in. And... Um, Timo Werner looks like his time is up in my team. Three weeks yeah. is enough for me. Um, only one assist, not good enough. Yeah, I think as maybe Rob mentioned it in the preseason, one of the preseason ones that he just yeah, like players always take a bit of time to settle, and he's he's definitely a good player. But um, it looks like his confidence is down. He's, he's he probably just needs another month or so, and his value will have dropped, and then he'll start banging in goals. Yeah, I think Chelsea could have done with maybe bringing these players in slowly, doing what they did last season of starting with, with the young English talent that they've nurtured through and then ease the international big money signings, ease them in a bit because they just sort of, 
uh, they, they look a bit disjointed and like a team that have just spent a load of money on a load of players, but they don't really gel yet. Um, I think yeah. it will come, but at the moment they just look a little bit disjointed. There's a lot of talk Declan Rice could be joining this week as well, which is just another. That's like every every part of the team. They've switched mm. up to centre-backs, new full-backs, new keeper, new central midfielder and new strikers. So yeah. it's a lot of change. The last week isn't it, of the training window. Yeah. It is. Yeah. When does it close? Is it? Next Monday night, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Always a good yeah. one to get Sky Sports news on, makes a Monday night interesting. Yeah, mass panic will ensue. <laughs> well, you won't be able to have people gathering outside the grounds this year, will we? You won't have any dildos flying in faces or <laughs> easily identifiable culprits uh, well, two away in a group for six. I'm sure we can arrange something if you'd like that, Rich. <laughs> okay, yeah, send me a dildo on Monday. It'd be excellent. <laughs> and, then, and then last thing to mention on sort of the, the weekend fixtures just gone was... Um, and I think Rob, you you messaged this in our WhatsApp. Is uh, old Castagne? He does look good, doesn't yeah. he? He's already got jumped up to five point seven million. Yeah, second most signed at the moment, uh, most transferred in. Yeah, he's just playing like a right winger and just looks like a class player. I, I don't know. Pereira's allegedly back from injury soon, but I think that might be tricky getting that position back off him. Yeah, yeah. I think Castagne played left back and right back for Atlanta last wow. season so they might just switch him over and bring Pereira back in yeah he looks he looks phenomenal like almost like a must-have but I think I'm already priced out for him which is a bit frustrating yeah it feels yeah I don't I don't know what to do about defense but we'll talk about that at the end of end of the episode I guess join the fantasy football hangover FPL league using the code q4lh9m that's q4lh9m yummy yummy football yeah, so shall we have a look at our leagues, chaps? See how we're how we're getting on with our um, with our All Star League. Should we start with that? Yeah, so our All Star League uh, last week it was topped by Vudge. By after the Monday fixtures, he was top from Poet Vudge. Uh, but Chelsea Grimes, who was second, is now top of the league above Magnus Carlsen and the the, the Grandmaster, of course. And Emma Saunders from BBC Sports. So they make up our top three. Uh, and Emma Saunders actually was the top scoring manager of the week. A couple of players actually did score more. Um, so that was Another Sky and Shoot Music's Tom Roberts. But both of them took points hit. So um, Tom Roberts took a 12-point hit and Another Sky took a four-point hit. So in my rules of how uh, FPL works... It means that Emma Saunders won the game week, um, which is rather fortuitous as she had uh, actually, well, we'll let her explain, but um, I'm just going to share screen with you guys so that you can hear what she has to say about her week. Hi, guys. Uh, sport broadcaster Emma Saunders here. Pleasantly surprised to learn that my team, Dude Wears My Star, scored the highest points in our league this week. Um, I'd love to sit here and say it was because I'd spent days pining over who my captain would be um, or that hours had gone into getting the right transfer business done. But in all honesty, uh, despite setting two alarms to remind myself on Saturday morning, I actually missed the deadline. 
Um, so I left my team exactly as it was the week previously, which I suppose as early as week three is pretty shameful, isn't it? But in my defence, I should mention I was presenting Watford's coverage of our massive derby game against Luton um, on Saturday lunchtime. So I had a lot of real life, actual football to be thinking about that morning. Um, so in between rehearsing and then actually getting on air at 11.30, I just never got round to tinkering with my team. Um, for any Watford fans who were watching our coverage on Saturday, you probably noticed my face did suddenly drop around midday in the middle of speaking to Andre Gray. Um, and that's why I realised I hadn't done my team. And then the next half an hour of presenting was not easy at all. I was trying to get everyone at home watching the game, psyched about this big derby game against Luton. And in my head, all I could think about was the fact that I'd left Tierney who had that groin problem. Aubameyang was still my captain, so not the end of the world, but with Arsenal going to Anfield the weekend just gone. Um, so to tell the truth, yeah, I, I just didn't open the app all weekend, especially because the week before I'd spent hours on it, absolutely nailed it, got 95 points. So I thought all of that had gone to waste. But no, um, somehow I've rustled up 56 points for game week three, which by all accounts was pretty good mainly through Robertson, uh, Mason Mount and Danny Ings. Um, so I guess the moral of the story is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It means I've banked another free transfer as well um, for the start of the season when things can be a little bit all over the place as well. So two free transfers for this coming game week. And um, yeah, my top tip then, roll the dice. Why not? Save yourselves the stress this weekend. Turn a blind eye to it and it might just pay off. That's wow. great, isn't it? I love the fact she sets two alarms for a Saturday morning as well. Yeah. Just a reminder, as someone who takes it seriously. Just classic. I do love the idea that halfway through interviewing Andre Gray, she was like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And just the, yeah, two transfers in the bank, even better. Yeah, yeah. worked out very well for her. So, um, yeah, Emma is third in our All-Star League at the moment. So congratulations, Emma, and thanks so much for contributing. We'll have to have you on the show at some point. Yes. Yeah, that's great. So looking at our public league, which we have many hundreds of players, the, um, I mean, this team name, I'm, I'm going to give it a go. FC Talilunugus, roughly name. Easy for you to say. Yeah, FC Talilunugus were the highest scorers on 71 points, managed by Osinachi Onwanelu, I believe, is my attempt at pronouncing his name. So he's done well on 71 points, a high scorer. And yeah, he had the, he had the armband on Fernandez, Calvert-Lewin, Ings, Salah, um, McCarthy and goal. So the boy's done good. But I mean, looking across that league, of which we have, you know, a fair few hundred participants, it, average scores seem to be pretty consistent across most. Um, so they, you did well to get above, above the 60s, it looks, for game week three. Yeah, yeah. I we should do a, a little honourable mention to fan of the show, Mr. Christopher Chiffy Carr, who's currently second in that public league and in the top 35,000 in the game, which is very impressive. He had a return of 51 points and he sits just behind Kevin Commander, um, who is topping the league at the moment. So well done, Kevin and Christopher. Good work, gents. Yeah, let us know if you're in our league and... Uh... If you're one of the people we just mentioned, then do let us know because uh, we love hearing from you on all the socials. Get in touch on FF Hangover on Twitter.
and on Fantasy Football Hangover on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so I, I got a message. Um, I, I mean, this came up a couple of times today on, on Twitter, but I, I got a message from Roger. Um, that's how he spells it. That's not how I pronounce it. Um, and he has said, did you guys see the poor guy who lost his FPL league last season and had to do a forfeit of becoming a statue in Brixton Centre in London? So he was painted gold dressed as a player, ball under arm, and he was stood on a plinth that said, loser 2019-20 fantasy football. Oh, and he wow. had to stand there for a good couple of hours. That's so brilliant. good. Yeah, That's so good. I've uh, retweeted the photo on socials, but it's, uh, it's fantastic. So he has asked, Roger has asked, what our penalty is going to be this season between us three? Oh, that's an excellent question, isn't it? Well, I, I mean, I don't want to answer because I always come bottom out of us three. <laughs> so I think our, the penalty should be lots of chocolate. And yeah, or maybe you get lots of drinks bought for you by yeah. the other two. Yes, maybe, exactly. Maybe you have to switch roles with your monkey and you, you have to live in a cage. <laughs> Fair. The monkey struts around the flat. Fair. Maybe we'll just keep it casual this season and maybe it should be uh, the loser has to buy the other two a curry or something like that. We all go out yeah. for an end of season meal that the loser has to pay for. Taking inspiration from, from peers of Boxer yeah. Rebellion. Yeah. Painted, painted head to toe in gold paint and having to be a statue for the entire meal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I do like this. Well, if you've got any ideas, or well, actually, that's great. If anyone's got any other stories about uh, fantasy league penalties or forfeits, do do get in touch on the socials or or via email. That'd be great to hear. Yeah, I had something come in actually. Um, a listener pointed out. Um, I guess it was Monday or last Thursday's Totally Football Show. There was a, a story on there that came from Oxford United. Basically, Oxford have got. Um, they're in League One. They've got a team bus that is state of the art. And when the players get on it, it sprays out um, a, uh, a sanitizer, an alcohol-based sanitizer. So there's a mist um, that the players walk through just as an extra COVID precaution. But they had a stop or something and they got back on on the way to play Atkinson Stanley uh, half an hour out. And the mist went out, but it set off a built-in breathalyzer on the bus that meant the bus was frozen, couldn't be started for six hours, and it was <laughs> half an hour away from the ground. So they had to like flag down cars and get taxis to actually make kickoff. <laughs> That's Brilliant. amazing. That's so good, isn't it? They won 4-1 as well, which was a great result. That's so good. Yeah, have, have a listen back. I think, it was, I think it was Monday's Totally Football Show, but um, yeah, they, that was a very good story. That is fantastic. I love that. Really good, isn't it? I wonder when we're going to hear about there was because there was a number of EFL games, wasn't there, a couple of weeks ago where they let fans in about they let about a thousand fans into a few of the games. Yeah, I think the rules have changed though since um, since uh, the most recent Boris changes. I think yeah, now not I just, now. I just wondered if it if it created a spike because I guess everyone there would have been tracked and traced and all that. It'd be interesting yeah. what the outcome. Was. You you would was hope it? so, but whether they actually were there was. Um, there was another thing that that, that I saw um, that's completely absurd. So Dartford, who play um, in sort of I think one of the national leagues, they have got they've drawn Slough Town in the FA Cup uh, second qualifying round, 
and they've opened their bar at the stadium for 40 people to watch the match on a live stream. But, right. um, of course, some 20 foot on the other side of the, uh, the wall from this bar is the actual match taking place, but no one's <laughs> allowed to watch it outside. So 40 people are allowed to watch it inside in a bar in an in- indoor space, but no one is allowed to watch from the actual ground. Wow. Yikes. That's so ridiculous, isn't madness. it? Madness. That's a madness. Insanity. Yeah, just hope we get through the season. It just feels like that's that's the best possible outcome at the moment, isn't it? Just getting all the games played. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, they're desperate to get through them all, obviously, because they're you know, giving Tottenham a bye in the League Cup because Orient couldn't field a side because they had too many COVID cases. Yeah. You know, they're clearly not doing any... Well, you know not not abiding you know they don't want to wait for people they they just want to rush through the season so that uh cuz cuz of the euros i guess of sport yeah so this leads us on to to best of worst of a good few people got in touch um we asked last week what your favorites best and worst depictions of sports are have been on screen so we're talking tv shows documentaries films all sorts really um and yeah various people got in touch because this has been inspired by the uh, the Tottenham documentary, so All or Nothing, which is the new series of the Amazon Prime show. Uh, have either of you watched it? I have, yeah. I'm four or five episodes in now. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm quite enjoying it actually. Even as an Arsenal fan, there's uh, Harry Kane's team talks are inspired, aren't they? Yeah, he's really a really inspiring chap. And uh... <laughs> do it. <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's a wordsmith. He's a poet. He is, yeah. Very eloquent absolute, man. Absolute genius. Have you got uh, Danny Rose bit yet? Because I, I haven't watched it. I haven't got Amazon Prime, but a good friend of mine's a big Tottenham fan and he, told me, he mentioned the Danny Rose moment. Oh, yeah. Danny Rose comes across as a prize plum. He, um, uh, he basically sort of fronts Mourinho, doesn't he? Yeah, he goes in and, fa- you know, fair enough is like, I was really excited when you came in because I thought things would be different and I wanted to play. Um, and then I did play, and I know I wasn't very good, but I want to know why you then dropped me. And he basically was like, well, because you just didn't prove yourself in that match. And uh, he was like, yeah, I know, but um, but I still want to play. And then he's he just says, hey, I'm going to go and speak to Daniel instead. So he just says, I'm going to oh, speak yeah. to Daniel Levy, and runs off to go and speak to Daniel Levy. And then there's a brilliant moment where he's um, sat in the canteen uh, he goes over to see Daniel Levy sat in the canteen. It's such an open conversation to have in the canteen. He basically says to him, um, uh, so what's going on with my move? And uh, Daniel Levy's like, well, Bournemouth, you know, Bournemouth might be interested. And uh, 
Newcastle are keeping a close eye on you. And then Danny Rose is like, what about Milan? And uh, <laughs> Lee is like, no, Milan's a no. <laughs> and then the next scene is, and Daniel, Danny Rose goes to Newcastle. Brilliant. So yeah, he went off on loan to Newcastle. But uh, yeah, it's, it's well worth watching. So if you, if you have Amazon Prime, um, I would watch that. Uh, yeah. it's, it follows on from they've done all or nothings um, in American sport. They also did uh, Man City last season, I think, or the season before. Um, so yeah, it's it's well worth watching. It depends your opinion of Mourinho, does it? Yeah, you know what it does actually. I um, although I still think he's a you know an egomaniac and yeah. um, doesn't necessarily get the best results out of his players. Um, he does come across really like really well actually. I think he comes across as very humorous and. Um, yeah, firm but fair. I think he talks over players a lot. I found that like Harry Kane comes and speaks to him and he's just a bit like, just doesn't listen to him at all. I, I feel like he has very little patience, but um, he does, you know, I, uh, he, he does come across well. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, I agree. I thought he came across much better than I was expecting him to. And actually Daniel Levy as well. I was expecting him to be like a real pantomime villain type. Yeah. Actually, there's, there's a bit of warmth to his character. Yeah. You know, he's driven. So, yeah, and, and Son is the star of the show, isn't oh, he? Son, what a legend. You, um, you, just like you don't see many nice guys in sport and he genuinely seems to be one. Yeah, and I had absolutely no idea, no idea how big a star he is in South Korea. There's people that, you know, fly over from South Korea to come and meet him. Yeah, every week. Camp outside the training grounds and all sorts. It's really interesting. Uh, he is a superstar. Yeah, yeah, actually, that you know what the all or nothing Man City was was going to be my worst of as well. I found that. I don't know if you tried to watch any of that. It was yeah, just, I watched it all. Yeah, it was just so so polished and semi staged. And the Tottenham one is as well. I guess maybe the characters are a bit more interesting in the Tottenham one. Is is the difference? I just found yeah. that City one unbearable. Yeah, you know what? I feel like City is too. It's too well run that club. It's mm-hmm. like. A machine, whereas I feel like the Tottenham one has more heart. So the players seem to have more going on, and I love them all in the canteen chatting. And there's like the setup where Dali Ali's asking people their favourite chocolate bar, which has been brilliantly parodied by Atletico Mints. Yeah, I saw um, that. And uh, yeah, I think I, I I had no idea how Welsh Ben Davis was. <laughs> I love that. It's he's like the most Welsh <laughs> Welsh man ever. Yeah, that's true. Oh, if you were to abstain for them, you'd be four hundred million, wouldn't you, Harry? And it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very good, very good show. But um, yeah, I know what you mean about the Man City one um, being being the worst of. I, I, my, my sort of favourites I've picked out. I I think um, the two films that I really really love, and one of them isn't isn't football related but Senna um and the the Diego Maradona film both by Asif yeah. Kapadia um both incredible documentary films and if you haven't seen them yeah. I urge you to see them the Senna film is is about Edson Senna uh, unsurprisingly and Diego Maradona is, Diego, Mar- Diego Maradona that film's about Ronaldo okay good. yeah about Cristiano Ronaldo uh <laughs> so yeah it's um it but it, the Maradona film focuses on his time at Napoli, um, which was a mixed bag to say the least. But um, it's right. yeah, it, it, incredible, two incredible documentaries. So definitely watch those. Yeah, the Maradona one's just beautiful, so well shot, and I, I knew 
not a lot about his Naples time. I thought it was just an unmitigated success, but there's such a lot of jeopardy, amazing highs, like crushing lows. It's got everything. And, yeah. and he really warms Maradona as a kind of, not even flawed genius, but just a, yeah, I love the way they marry his capacity to cheat and his vices with his genius. It's yeah, just... Does it, does it touch on his indulgences off the pitch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... it's, it's all, no holds barred, basically. It's. Um, right. I, I was listening to a podcast with um, with the director where he was interviewed about the film, and he basically created the whole film not antis- not expecting to ever speak to Maradona. So he was kind of okay. always uh, always of the impression that he would never get to speak to him, and he kind of had reached out to him and tried and tried and and got nowhere, and then um, sort of really near the end of the creation of it he got an opportunity to actually go to Maradona's place and speak to him and it was quite a hairy experience in terms of Maradona was just basically like after about two minutes was like we need to stop we need to stop but then he kind of warmed to him and and he gets loads out of that that interview and got loads of kind of um never before seen footage from Maradona's ex-wife or somewhere I can't remember where it was from now but um yeah it's uh, it, there's just a and it, and it opens with a really beautiful sort of almost car chase around napoli where um, maradona is being chased by kind of pa- paparazzi in in italy yeah um, I, think I think i've started watching it and, and failed to finish so i need to get back into that it's on it's on netflix right um, i'm not sure actually um okay. i'm sure it'd be available on one of the streaming services yeah I, I, I don't know if you guys, did you see the um, Zidane 21st century portrait in 2006? That was one of my, um, so Mogwai did the soundtrack as well. And that is, that's an insane film. It's um 2005 game against Villarreal. And I had 17 cameras positioned around the pitch um, just to follow Zidane, even when he wasn't playing. And it's just something about it. I think, you know, even if you're not a football fan, you could watch that and take something from it. It's just really mesmerizing and hypnotic and the soundtrack just kind of pulls you. I think I mean I haven't watched it for a few years but it doesn't get sent off or something as well towards the end I'm not sure there's some dramatic moment um but just his little moments and the sound the audio is you know they take so much from the pitch and I'd say that's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it particularly now because the intensity of the crowd and the which we don't have at the moment as well you know it's it's a fascinating watch yeah i remember watching that uh, a listener a fan of the show charles dassonville uh is a frenchman and zidane obsessed i remember watching right. him just the way zizu moves with the balls they capture it's just so beautifully shot isn't it and you're yeah. right about that soundtrack yeah so yeah, yeah well worth the watch um, I went down a bit more of a nostalgic route for my best of, and yeah. I chose Escape to Victory. Oh, wow. The classic uh, 1980, early 80s, wasn't it, I think? 81, 82. Um, but for those who haven't seen it, it is um, uh, Allies versus the Germans in the Second World War. Uh, the Allies held in a prisoner of war camp facing a Nazi all-star 11, and the Allies include... Uh, Bobby Moore, Pele, Ozzy Ardiles, uh, they trained by Michael Caine and then Sylvester Stallone in goal. And uh, <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful story of redemption. They basically have the opportunity to escape to victory during the match. There's a, a tunnel 
uh, tunneled out by the Allies into the changing room and they're 4-1 down at half time and they decide to go back out because it's more than a game and they uh, they draw 4-4 and Sylvester Stallone saves a 90th minute penalty which is the crescendo. Incredible. It is incredible. It's a a real Sunday night film isn't it? Just uh, have a roast and then watch that. It's fantastic. I should say that, uh, we, yeah, we did have a few people get in touch about this. So um, odds on FPL recommend the two Escobars, two Escobars. So that is, um, I haven't seen it actually, but I've heard good things. So it's a, a, a documentary about um, the Colombian footballer Andres Escobar and the drug lord Pablo Escobar and how their lives were sort of intertwined. And then um, the mysterious events that led to Andre Escobar's death. So yeah, sounds like a, a really interesting um, documentary. It's uh, I think it's available on um, on uh, Amazon. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so that was sort of the pick of uh, the pick of the ones I was looking at. A lot of people um, recommended the Michael Jordan documentary that is on The Last Dance that's on Netflix at the moment. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, we recommend that. And then and then for my worst of, I was. Uh, immediately drawn to probably the best soap opera of all time dream team <laughs> which i watched i used to watch religiously i absolutely loved it um but i found i found an article if you don't know about dream team so it ran from 1997 to 2007 and focused on a fictional football team called harchester united who played in a lovely purple shirt which you could buy a friend of mine rob harrison used to have the shirt which i was very jealous of um, but what, this article, which I will post up, has the, the 10 most ridiculous storylines in Dream Team history. So a, a real favourite of mine here is um, that the club captain was shot dead by a sniper whilst lifting the FA Cup trophy. <laughs> so that was, um, yeah, player manager Luis Amor Rodriguez was uh, having an affair with Linda Block, who is the wife of uh, club chairman Jerry Block. And Jerry found out about this love triangle. So he um, hired a sniper to assassinate his club captain at the FA Cup final. But um, Rodriguez uh, managed to miss the, the bullet. Um, but the, the, ca- the club captain, Big John Black, jumped in front and uh, he took the bullet and died. So quite a tragic accident there. Um, another, another episode saw an abusive fan um, in, in the stands at a friendly game, uh, get given the chance to play. And he played so well that he then signed for the club and became a Premier League star. Yeah, that happens well. Yeah. Um, a, a plane crash after a UEFA Cup match killed basically half the first team. Um, there was, uh, an, again, first team players were killed in a bus crash en route to the UEFA Cup final. Oh. Uh, <laughs> always <laughs> happens. Nightmare. <laughs> Um, manager murders star player by an imp- by impaling him on a dressing room peg. I mean, it must be hard to get insurance at Harchester United, mustn't it? Yeah, I remember they. It's not in this, but I remember they signed a player like their. It was a sort of their their um, record transfer, and then when he signed, uh, it turned out that he was going blind. <laughs> <laughs> Pick that up on the medical. And then a very tragic episode, which I distinctly remember, was um, a midfielder jumped off the roof of the stadium during a match 
So he'd helped them get to the, the knockout stages of the Champions League, and, but he was deeply unhappy. And he got substituted. And rather than going back to the dressing room, he just decided to go and kill himself, which is just awful. Oh, it's tragic, isn't it? When did it stop running, Will? Dream Team? Um, no, uh, 2007. So, yeah, it was getting low audiences. So, very sad. So, yes, Dream Team was absolutely fantastic. And I, I'd love to be able to rewatch it. I think there are clips on YouTube. I did find a few, few what was funny. It, on? it was on Sky One, yeah. It was on Sky. Uh, it, was, it was a you, thing of glory. start a petition or a movement to get it back on screen? Because I'd love to rewatch it. Mm. Yeah, that would be great. It would be yeah. so bad, it would be good. Definitely. There's yeah. a mass audience for it. For my captain this week. live toddler captain tip um, for game week four we're looking ahead to a choice of two players would you like to introduce yourself madam what's your name Evelyn. and how old are you seven seven years old right would you please choose between these fine young men that's mo salah he got his boobies out he's got his boobies out in that one yeah he plays for liverpool and i believe he's playing aston villa and this is Raul Jimenez. He plays for Wolves and he is playing against Fulham. Which one do you think will score the most goals or be the best footballer this weekend? The one in the red. The one in the red. Mo Salah with his boobies out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Evers. Uh, Daddy, I've got to talk to Mummy. She's calling for me. Okay. All right. See you later. Bye. Thanks, Emily. Not going forever. <laughs> There you go, live TCT. Excellent. <laughs> so very new listeners, there was a theory that we uh, went down, I think first season, that soddlers or young people will always choose Mo Salah because of his uh, engaging face. Yeah. And his boobies. And his boobies. Chap, shall we have a look ahead to the game week four fixtures? Any standout players for you guys? Well, yeah, Rob, why don't you kick us off? Well, yeah, it's forced transfers for me. It was Son being out, um, Abamyang looking a little bit disinterested and costing a lot of money, Werner, who you mentioned earlier, but I've only got one transfer in the bank, so I might ditch Son for a staple of um, Rodriguez at Everton. Although I might take a punt on someone else. I don't really know. I really want to get Castagna, Leicester. So I'm a bit lost. I think it'll be a four. I think I might have two weeks of four point hits. I'm not entirely sure where they're going yet. 
What about you guys? What you, have you got transfers in mind? As mentioned, I'm going to go Werner to DCL. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, um, you know, it, it's an easy transfer to make because it frees up sort of 1.8 million or so. And Everton have got Brighton Saturday at three. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they good. they do have Liverpool after that Everton, um, and then Southampton, then Newcastle. So they've got some all right fixtures, apart from that Liverpool game. Do you see um, what Ancelotti said about uh, Calvert Lewin after Week One that he wanted to turn him into basically Pipo Inzaghi? He pulled out this stat that Pipo Inzaghi had scored I can't remember how many it was three hundred and something goals, of which about two hundred and ten were scored with one touch, and all DCL's goals this season have been with one touch. I think he's is he on four or five goals? Yeah, so that's it. He's going to be the new Pipone Zaghi, uh, basically born offside. So get him in your team. Don't lose points for offside. <laughs> I'm yeah. not, I think I might roll my transfer this week because my team is strong enough. Like it, look, it looks all right. There's no one I'm desperate, desperate to bring in and I haven't rolled a transfer yet. Um, although I do, yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of Wolves players so I fancy them to do well against Fulham. It's kind of looking at the whipping boys. I always like looking at the whipping boys. Um, yeah. I'm kind of getting itchy feet about not having Vardy as well. Feels like he, and they've got that home fixture against West Ham, but I don't think I can free up the money. I do want Ings back. I sold him game week one and it was a, yeah, that, a, a too, too quick decision. Home to West Brom as well. Yeah. Chances there, wouldn't you? What do you think a hamstring injury? I mean, Son, I've got, you know, a lot of people have brought him in. What's, that's at least three weeks, isn't it? A hamstring. Yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, he often recovers quicker than most players, apparently. But um, yeah, it, it's it's not great. Mm. And aren't there aren't there League Cup games on Thursday evening as well this week? I'm sure it runs really close to the deadline. Yeah, I think so. Probably. Hard to predict, isn't it? It's like who's going to be rested, who might pick up an injury, who might come off the bench in those League Cup games. It's so yeah. tricky. Hold your decision till Friday, then I think. I think that's what you've got to do, haven't you? As tempting as it is to jump on it early, especially if your money's tight. Yeah. Uh, where, where do we see the goals then? Because, you know, goal fests are the one thing we've kind of got right so far this season. It's, um, it's yeah, Leicester West Ham could be interesting after both of them scoring big on the game week three. That's a Sunday midday game. What do you think about the early kick, the first kick off Chelsea, Chelsea Palace? Chelsea look defensively a bit weak. Yeah, Palace do all right against Chelsea. They often they often score against them and you know give them a good game. So yeah, that could be that could be quite an interesting game. And Leeds, Leeds Man City is going to be a goal fest, isn't it? It's got to be, hasn't it? I mean, I, I Foden could be the other way. Radar go down. They're just sort of budget midfielder and just. You know, I feel like Will mentioned earlier, I think they might bounce back and score a few. Mm. Yeah, I thought Mares as well. I thought he was probably the one high point for them of the Leicester game. He played really well, scored a great goal. Yeah. So, yeah, he could be worth, because they're not, because I think Jesus is still out, isn't he? And Aguero is still out. So they'll be playing probably Sterling in a false nine role. So you might see Foden, KDB and um, Mares all in the team. Yeah. What do you think? What are you thinking for wildcard post-transfer window? Or just whenever you need it. Yeah, I don't feel a big need for it at the moment. I'm reasonably happy with my squad. It just feels like a few changes. Um, so I, yeah, I'll wait till, yeah, wait till I get a few injuries and it gets a bit more pressing. What about you, Will? What's your wild card tactic? 
I honestly don't know. It's so tricky at the moment because I'm sort of wondering, you know, maybe there'll be some games cancelled because of COVID. So maybe I'm sort of holding out for that. But then at the same time, would they give us another wild card if that happens? Because um, they did that last time. But yeah. I think probably maybe I'll wait for like week 12 or something. That's where I normally sort of like to play it. I forgot about that free wild card. That ruined me at the end of last season. Wasn't it like with five game weeks left? I just completely flipped my team and just stitched myself up massively. <laughs> yeah, the end of last season was tricky because it felt really exciting when we had that wild card and then it was like, yeah. it all ended a bit like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, okay. Well, that, that's probably about it for us for this week, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, next week we've got a special guest on. So one of our all-star managers. So that will be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, so make sure you tune in for that. Um, well, yeah, that should be a good episode. And we'll wish everyone best of luck with game week four. A big thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate and review it in your favourite podcast subscription service. Yeah, we're on Amazon now. Oh, yeah. Check us out on Amazon. Get Alexa to play you some fantasy football hangover. <laughs> do you want to do, do it, guys? Alexa, play fantasy football hangover. Just like that. In your ears. It's going to work. Go on, Alexa. She's playing it somewhere in the background. She's playing it. Well done, Alexa. Thanks, Alexa. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with more. Please um, rate and review my daddy's podcast so he doesn't get cross.